today's episode of Agile After Dark, we talk about one of those words being used a lot, transformation. And we find out that there is more than meets the eye when it comes to this term. Listen in as we get deep into this subject, and I do my best to be nice to Greg. Welcome to Agile After Dark, the podcast that addresses agile topics not talked about in the light of day. I'm your host, sitting here, Greg Adams-Woodford, and my co-host sitting there is Brandon Gartley, our resident nerd shapeshifter. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to respond to that because I've gotten some feedback on the feedback at agileafterdark.com that I'm a little rough on Greg, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to ease up, take it easy on you, and uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. All right, well, it, it'll be hard for you to resist the urge, I'm sure. Today's episode is Transformation, More Than Meets the Eye. So I'm joined here today by Steve Thomas. You might remember Steve from uh, former uh, episodes um, when we talked about DevOps, one of my favorites. And by the way, not only do I love Steve, but I learned more from that podcast than probably any other podcast I've ever listened to. So thank you very much, Steve, and welcome back. Well, thank you, and I'm sure by the end of this, you're going to love Shyla more than you love me. Well, to be honest, Shyla and I have worked together for years, and I do have to say I do love Shyla, and we have Shyla. I will say Shyla really was the person who introduced me to large transformations. She introduced me to portfolio concepts of portfolio and big business, um, you know, agility. And so I have a lot to, uh, I owe her a lot, and I want to introduce Shyla, and maybe you could talk a little about yourself. I'll just tell a story really quickly. I remember the first time that I walked into um, the office with Shyla, and she said, okay, well, here's, here is the story mapping for the entire organization that has something like 300 people in it, and we've mapped everything out. And it literally was the entire wall of an enormous room inside of an insurance inside of a large financial service company and I couldn't believe that she could wrap her head around this service function inside of this, that service the entire massive organization and she said I said well how did you do that and she said well I don't know I just talked to them for a couple of days and then we had it done and I thought how in the world can you do that plus your background is large military transformations large uh, technology corporations um, you, you've done it all. So maybe that's a good way to introduce yourself because otherwise I'm going to start bowing down to you. I also want to add just before she starts that we do have a very close relationship. So if I say something wrong, she might physically attack me. I'm just going to put that out there. That, that is true. That is so true. All right. So a little bit about myself. Um, it's interesting. Uh, I've spent most of my working career, um, as a consultant, and, you know, having heard a little bit about, you know, the, the previous podcast at, um, at Agile After Dark, the concept or the topic was around consulting versus coaching. And that topic is really near and dear to my heart because it's a very personal story. Um, most of my career I spent as a consultant. I was introduced to uh, Agile literally, you know, as they say, I think necessity is the mother of invention. Um, we were in a really horrible, dark place, no pun intended, um, and we had nothing else to do but to do it right, I guess, you know, in terms of delivery, and that's really where I started my journey um, with Agile, transformation with Agile, what does it mean, um, how can we change 
you know, people, groups of people, large groups of people in terms of how they think um, to really impact the way they do and the way they be, if you will, right? And um, that's what really started the journey. And I started it in pretty much a stealth mode, um, but it was a great raving success. Um, from there, I built, and this was even before Scaled Agile or the Safe Framework was even born. So I know personally how difficult it was to align, you know, 11, 12 teams to the same mission. But I learned a lot um, just watching people at the Navy. That was my first brush with Agile. Then I moved on to the Army. Then I moved on to Defense Health Agency. Um, hardcore belief systems. So I learned a lot just by watching them and how they could effectively team around a common purpose. And what does true conflict you know, resolution mean, conflict management really mean? How does it play out in real life? Um, that kind of stuff. So I learned a lot just by watching and observing, and I love observing people. So I, just so everybody knows, you know, this is an audio podcast. We're all mesmerized and staring at Shyla, just so you all know, just because of that intro. Um, I mean, it's amazing the background that you had doing, and stealth agile is still a term that you taught me that I use today for, for real. But just the fact that you started in probably one of the most difficult places to introduce a concept like agile, and you've seen so much. And I'll just say in our personal journey, and we don't want to go too long with the introductions, but, you know, I've seen, you've seen me transform. And, and I mean that in a colloquial way to say, I've changed a lot over the just a few years we've worked together. But I've also seen you change a lot, you know, from your journey from consultant to coach. So I think this is going to be a really great conversation. And we may not always agree on things, Shyla and I, but we certainly have a healthy debate. And she's got her implement to strike me if I get out of line. Um, so we are here in the heartland, um, and um, we've got our resident. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I just, I just want to point out from the, the couple of podcasts ago, Greg, I still wasn't Greg, it was Steve. You know, says that the Harlan doesn't include Michigan, but I did some research as I wanted to do, and actually, it does include Michigan. No, uh, but you know, it's also part of the flyover states as well. So you know, I'm going to concede that a lot of people don't know that because basically, the idea is it's the part of the country that no one pays attention to. I would agree with that. Yeah, we're ignored. I think that Shilinaw actually ended up in Michigan one night when we were trying to go to dinner. I'm not sure, yeah. but I think we might have, and that was not close to where the Heartland after uh, Agile Dark Studios are. So um, this, again, this episode's called Transformation More Than Meets the Eye. Um, I think, again, I struggle with some of these pop culture references, so I might need Brandon to help me well, with this Well, I think it's just because, like, Greg thinks he's Optimus Prime. Uh, you know, all the cheesy things that he says, you know, that, you know, Optimus serves in, like, this overall robust voice. He does it in a nasally one, so it's going to be a little bit off, but, uh, you know, we're talking about transformation, we're talking about how things change, and uh, we'll, we'll see how much optimist uh, Greg has him in this, in this episode. Wow. Oh, gosh, I was being nice. Sorry. Yeah, Greg, you, have, you actually sound exactly like Optimus Prime. It, it was, it, that was like a half a minute, Brandon, okay? Also, if we could just get a couple of those Transformer sound effects in yeah that would be i think ideal yeah we got it um all right so let's 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 get to it so here's what i'm gonna start with and i'm gonna be well actually you know what before we start because we do need to 
talk a little bit about the After Dark piece, which is what we're drinking. So um, I'm going to start off. I'm drinking. I was going to change up, but I'm still sticking with my my bourbon neat. Uh, Maker's Mark, if you're listening, could be a future uh, sponsor of the podcast. Last um, podcast, you thought you were going to change. I know. You can't. Well, you might be right, Steve. And here we are talking about transformation. Okay, Shyla, I didn't need your help there. Thank you very much. Okay, Brandon, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm switching over to another Heartland beer, which is the Half Acre Daisy Cutter. It's the Half Acre in Chicago. Their, their signature beer. Fantastic, fantastic beer. So I highly suggest it. And Steve? I'm doing a Shiraz red wine tonight. Okay, so but yours came from a box. I did. It did come from a box, yes. And I purchased for Shyla on my way here. A 2017 Malbec, which is my absolute favorite. Thank you, Greg. You're welcome very much. Least I could do. So now that we've got that out of the way, I'm going to say something I think is going to be a little, uh, a little caustic, maybe a little controversial. But that's what, hey, bud, Agile After Dark, that's what we're supposed to do. So keep it up. Yeah, he's giving me a, a pat. He's giving me two pats and a kick this podcast, just so you know. Um, but I do want to say that there are so many words that are overused, including the word agile, I would add to that. Um, these words tend to use you before you can use them. I think one of the, one of the, especially in the marketing or product marketing sense, I think that the word transformation is the current buzzword. Um, you know, maybe DevOps was eight months ago when we talked about DevOps all the time. Or business agility. We talked about that before and too. Business agility might be the next one or it might just, you know, persist. I even know what you do what that even means. But transformation is one that is just being used over and over again. And I think there is power in transformation, but I don't know if we know what that word is. And I don't know if we can actually actually understand what a transformation is and realize what a transformation is unless we can talk about that. So I'm going to put it to Steve and Shyla and say, it's overused. Nobody knows how to do it. I, I don't believe in it. I'm just going to tell you, I don't believe in it. I, I just don't think that it can happen. I think, you know, from a business perspective, you rarely see it. Tell me a handful of companies you can tell me that really did a transformation. I don't, I don't see it. Before we go there, Greg, so let, let's just baseline on what does transform really mean to you? What comes to mind? When I think of, I mean, now that you say it to me, I, transformation to me means something that maybe the using this as a little bit of a metaphor is a little tired, but sort of, if you think about transformation from, you know, a, a caterpillar to a butterfly, it starts as this thing and the caterpillar might be beautiful in its own right. It, it may be, and there are caterpillars that are beautiful. It doesn't mean it has to be ugly, but then it goes into a state that is, it's kind of not transparent, frankly, and something is happening inside of this, this interim space that is very meaningful, but that is opaque and probably a little confusing or especially to the outside looking in but what comes out of it is something completely transformed and it may be a beautiful butterfly from an ugly you know caterpillar or maybe a beautiful caterpillar to a moth i mean who who knows what but it is a complete change it is a complete change and that's really what we're talking about here right uh, when we think about transformation and we're talking about being in the heartland right? Um, it's about how do you realign with your core values, right? And deliver that much more. Uh, in order to do that, something has to change, right? So when you talk about that caterpillar in its cocoon, 
everything has to be just right. You talked about it not being transparent, but what's going on in there? As it experiences that change, the environment had to be just right in order for that change to happen. Mm -hmm. And for it to stick and for it to become that beautiful creature, whatever the creature was, right? And that's what we're talking about, big or small, the corporations. They have a dream. It's a way of being. It's a way of thinking. They want to get from here to there, right? And in their mind, that's a transformation. It's a change from which, when you look back, it's a whole different thing that it was to what it can be. Now, you said something interesting that I never would think I would put together with corporate leaders. You used the word dream. Like, how, how, how does that fit? I don't understand. It's great, right? So when you think about people's ability to align on a common vision, what is that? What is a vision? It is but a dream, right? It's the end state of where you want to be as a corporation, as an organization, as a team, as a person even, right? Where do I see myself in two years? What's my vision for that, right? A vision is nothing but a dream of an end state. And then you pave the way, right, to get to that point. So, so do you think that we have to, I mean, as a transformation agent, do you have to tr teach some of the leaders how to dream again because they've lost it? Uh, so it's an interesting question. It's not so much about teaching them how to dream. It's a basic right. We learn that as kids, mm -hmm. as children. Right. But somewhere but along the line, it. somewhere along the line, we've, we've gotten to maybe uh, credit reality more than the ability to dream. And so we think we're being, you know, strong men, right? Corporate strong men, strong leaders, if we can stay in the pragmatic, the realism, right? As opposed to the ability to dream on what can be, right? What's in the art of the possible? How might we collaborate to solve the problem? So when you, it's an interesting paradigm shift, right? You're talking about age-old leaders that are mm -hmm. set in their ways. Right. And you look at these kids that are just graduates from college. What do you see? What do you see in terms of the difference in temperament, right? Mm -hmm. You see that the kids that are right out of college have more of an ability to dream, the ability to transform, the ability to shape shift, mm -hmm. because it's like, oh, okay, we tried this. It's not working. Let's try something else, right? Um, it's that fearlessness of failure, Whereas when you look at the leaders that are hard set, they're being more informed and guided by what's real, what's pragmatic, and let's just learn from that, which two different paradigms, right? Right. And I've, I've seen that a lot with the, um, Greg, don't be offended, but you know, the folks who are prim primarily driven by finance, you know, who are looking at the bottom line, mm -hmm. driven by that pragmatics of the bottom line, rather than the ability to dream and so so it's not about bashing them you no. need both kinds right so don't get me wrong but when you need a change to happen you need to meet them in that channel and get them more into the dreaming part because that is where the ground conditions for change will be met so what so questions can you ask to really uh, unleash some of that dreaming potential particularly for the hard and, and let me ask add to that steve also, how does inspiration play into this? Because it isn't just, oh, it, it doesn't go from dream to implementation. There's some leadership piece in the middle that's inspiring people to want to change. 
and to connecting to them to say, this is why it's good, not only for the corporation, so you have a job, thanks for pointing me out as a finance person, which I'm not, <laughs> but also be, so that it means something that's meaningful to them for their work, that they contribute to, to the... Yeah, so this is going back to something we talked about earlier, Greg, right? It's about honoring what's already present in the system. When we look at coaching and, and the culture we're trying to, you know, um, trying to create here, it's about treating it as a system, right? A holistic system. And when you have a system, you pull on one side, there's going to be a push reaction on the other side. So any step you take, you have to have it in relationship by reading the field around you, right? By reading the field of what are people aware of? What are they feeling? What are they thinking? And then aligning to that. So going back to the, the, the question, right? How do you inspire them uh, to think differently? It's about meeting them where they are, right? It's about honoring their ability and saying, there's usefulness to that. Yes, we need you. You're doing an awesome job, right? But can you take this person's perspective? Can you walk a mile in this person's shoes and see what's in the art of the possible? Yeah, in a previous podcast, Greg and I had talked about roadmaps and a little bit of Harry Potter, of course. Um, and we talked about creating culture and values where people are connected to their work. And I kind of, I'm kind of hearing a sense of that, but really kind of making that connection of the dreaming, the inspiration, but also feeling connected to their work. Is that kind Abs of where transformation absolutely. is really going? Absolutely. Because it's not okay for any one person to just have a dream where the rest of the people are stuck in reality and pragmatism, right? Um, it's about creating and connecting, right, with that relationship. What is my relationship to this particular system and what does the system need from me, right? And there's a place for both. Um, so great point, right? It's about getting people to connect to the work. The way that happens is you have to be able to respect each other for the roles you're playing in the system. It's great, your finance, we need you because we need to know what the budget is and that we don't overspend and blah, 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 whatever is real. And the other person has to have some amount of respect for the dreamer on getting to, to reality, you know, what's in the art of possible? What if we went into this line of business, right? What if we made this small change? What if we put this feature? It might be a total failure or it might bring us $2 billion, right? You need both kinds. It seems to me that part of the, the transformation then is for a true leader then to uh, infuse their dream, their vision of the future reality into the rest of the organization. So let's talk about that, right? What is leadership? What does good leadership look like? What does it look like? Right? Well, I'm just going to tell you, I don't know if I've ever seen it. So I hope you can describe it because I don't know if I've ever seen good leadership you know, including my own, which I've been coached a lot. Well, so so I, mean, I counter that. Optimus Prime. There's, well, yeah, yeah, Optimus Prime, of course, right. <laughs> okay, so my counter to that is good leadership is right here, right now. We see that in, in ourselves, right here, right? It's our ability to co-lead a program like this, right? It's our ability to respect each other. It's our ability to align to a goal together. We might have different perspectives, mm -hmm. right? But we have a goal. And we're able to create followership, right, among the rest of us right here in this group. And that's what good leadership looks like. So we're talking about creating a vision. A good leader can create a vision to inspire people to go towards a single. You talked about it earlier 
when you were in your military, you know, days, not that you were in the military, but you were helping coach military, there was a, a, one thing they were good at is going towards a singular, you know, a a singular goal. That's what the military is good at. Yes or no? Absolutely. Right. And, and the way they do it. So it's interesting you bring that up. Um, it's not just, so in my career, it was not just about implementing system A, B, or C, you know, to help the military do A, B, or C. It was more about observing them, right? How are they? How do they do their job today? How can I make their life easier, right? So a good classic example was, you know, a recruitment system. You might think, okay, what the hell is in a recruiting system, right? But it's, it's at a time when our country was at war. And you're trying to really match the demand to the supply and all that fun stuff. And you just figure out the day in the life of the recruiter and how he's trying to entice the kids to come join the Navy. It's amazing. And not just to join the Navy at large. It's about filling the quota in a specific. Or we need more nukes. Or we need more, you know, people that can fly aircraft. Or we need more people with, you know, culinary arts and things of that nature, right? So you have to observe them in action in order to be able to help them with whatever it is that they're trying to solve, right? So I'm, I'm curious because you're selling me, I'm enraptured, but you know, at the same time, I'm going back to Greg's first question, which is transformation gets overused. And in the context of crappy leadership as opposed to good leadership, which I'm thrilled, I would love to be where you've been and see this great leadership, but... I have been in too many organizations with really crappy leadership and is transformation possible? I know they all are selling it. We're selling it, trying to do transformation in that context. Okay, so here's a challenge for all of us here. Where does transformation truly start? Yeah, and I think that is a fantastic question. And I think we want to take a quick break uh, because that's one of the things we definitely want to get into. Greg, would you, would you like to take us in the break? I would. You know what? I think the best way to do this is, number one, I think a future podcast, we're going to have Shyla's story about women doing agile transformation in the military. I, I just want to know more about this. This is like an amazing thing. But we And we want more feedback around these kinds of side stories that we talk about. So if you have feedback, uh, please send it to feedback at agileafterdark.com. Uh, it's feedback at afteragiledark.com, and we will uh, put those onto our backlog. So, Shyla, let me ask you a question. Um, so, do you think this is going to be. How painful do you think this is going to be? Uh, right now it's itchy. It's not painful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> So, unfortunately, we've had our first guest that's allergic to sass, the Agile After Dark. But I think other people might have said, this podcast feels itchy. I don't think she'd be the first to at least think it. That's true. She's just physically reacting to it. So, I think it might be be an issue we have to deal with, Brandon, in the future. Yes, we need to figure out how to... Yeah. Agile After Dark, the Scratchy Itchy podcast. <laughs> or Itchy and Scratchy. That stays with you. Yeah. It's the relief to your itch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're back um, with Agile After Dark. Our uh, topic today is transformation. 
more than meets the eye. Um, a question was asked before the break by Steve, which was essentially what happens when you have substantial leadership, or I think he used the word crappy, crappy. leadership. And so one way to answer that question might be to ask when you go into a situation, which I think 99% of the time you may go into a situation in which leadership is not aligned leadership doesn't care for good reasons, potentially. Right. So let's go back to our, our tired butterfly metaphor, but let's say the leaders may be a beautiful caterpillar, but they're just not seeing because they're doing a lot of good things, but they're not seeing how they need to transform. How, how would you address in a, and I don't necessarily want, we talked about dreaming and all of those things, which I think are, which I love that concept. And I think we should talk about that more, but how would you engage with a leader? Let's just use it. Even if they weren't crappy, cause that's the low hanging fruit. What, what if you engage with a leader who was a great leader and had success according to the measurements that are expected from them from the sea level or whatever, how do you deal with them to get them to transform? Yeah, so before we left the break, I was asking the question, where does transformation start in response to what if we get met with crappy leadership? And the answer to that is transformation starts within. You have to be self-aware of what's going on inside you, right? Even before you can talk to others and, and start making assumptions about their leadership styles and the results they have achieved. So you're talking about as a coach, you need to know? Absolutely. As a coach, as a consultant going in, you have to be self-aware of who you are, right? In the being, who you are, and how you need to change according to the circumstances. Okay, so let me ask you a question. So you stated, I think, earlier that you started as a career consultant, and you've sort of gravitated to coaching how, how what was your so I think it's a good place to start how did you transform yeah so that's an interesting question right while I've had my share of successes as a consultant I've had my share of frustrations one of which is why can't they understand I've been saying the same thing seven times right and it's still not taking what is going on? What's so hard about this? Yada, 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 right? We could go on and on and on. And, and did you feel that that was a failure on your part because Absolutely. you could not do? Absolutely. So that's part of that too, right? Really? So let's, I, let's be honest. Was it really a failure on your part or are you thinking they're stupid? No, part of it is also a failure on my no, part. No, and I know Shyla. I am not able to communicate and connect with them in a way that I can inspire them to think differently. And I asked that question specifically because when you start taking that on from you know an emotional perspective just to say my job was to come in here and transform them it's not happening and, and as a you know, as a professional you're like what am i doing wrong even yeah, if you're so, not but you so feel, I still wanna, feel you're still human i definitely human. want to honor what steve said i've had those moments where i'm going oh my gosh this is goddamn stupid mm-hmm. right and i've gone in the bathroom and i've screamed i've had my share of that but i've also had my share of humility of being humble right when I come back and I take a 30,000 foot level of this, and it's not about what went wrong or who's wrong or who's right. right. It's about what were the conditions, right? Mm-hmm. What could we have changed about the conditions in order for this to you know, stick? And that's the wisdom, you know, hindsight 2020, right? There's a good reason we say that. It's the wisdom of having introspected, right? And then now I want to answer the question of when you get, when you meet people and you think that, oh, this is crappy leadership and they simply can't align, you have to approach it from a sense of honor them for for what they are and who they are, 
right? They are creative whole human beings. They came to this, this particular level, no joke, right? Typically at our level, we're dealing with the C-suite, we're dealing with directors. Right. They didn't, it was not an accident, right. right? They didn't come there just by an accident. They had to work really hard. They had to be really resourceful. They had to have some talent and some skill due to which they were promoted, right? I usually look at the ecosystem to say, okay, what is it about the whole system that decided that this was the skills and the talents and the perspective mm -hmm. that wanted this type of person to be at this level? Because they're a byproduct of the whole system that they're true. part of. Very true. And therefore, when we meet one person like that, we're looking at it, Steve rightly said, we're looking at it from a systems perspective. What needs to be true in the system, mm -hmm. right, to get it right? And that's what we're really looking at. We're focusing on the relationships. We're trying to align on the goal. He asked a question, what if they don't align on the goal? Well, I have a great story to tell on that, right? If you'll give me two minutes, I'll I, tell I just want to point out to Brandon, did you notice how many times I tried to get her off of answering the question, yet she still kept coming back to answer the question? <laughs> but it's not about being right. Well, I'm doing a great <laughs> job, Greg. Keep it up. <laughs> Yeah, so that was this, my second this story I, I want to tell is um, I have a, a great um, coach in uh, Scott Frost and he and I were pairing on an engagement with um, what we would term as, you know, the most dysfunctional group ever, right? We had spent six months transforming the teams. Mm -hmm. The teams went from nothing to something to where they were able to deliver and they had not delivered in 14 years, make no mistake. They didn't have a successful delivery in 14 years. So to get them to just even release something was an amazing achievement. So we worked really hard at that. And then we started looking at what are ways to expand? Um, what is the end state vision for this? Okay, so we got the teams agile, so what, right? And we're starting to get into this aspect of, okay, what, what might it look like if we were to have a vision and really a method to the madness of this transformation, right? How can we take it forward? And we got all the leaders together. Uh, it was IT, the business, and everybody. We had a separate meeting with the CEO, and we asked the CEO, what's your vision? And he put it really brilliantly, right? Mm -hmm. Vision is simple. I want a connected experience, right? I can start the experience anywhere in any channel and I could pick it up in any other channel and be successful, kind of like the Apple, you know, store experience. And this is a retail, um, you know, company. So we said, great, we got it. We understand your vision. So then we walk into this group of leaders, right? All these are SVPs, VPs, directors, and um, we want to align them to vision. So we say, okay, so what do you think the vision is for this portfolio, this thing that you're trying to do? Why? And there were 14 different leaders in the room, and maybe six of them kind of sort of matched what the CEO was saying, but not quite. But then there was IT, the head of IT, who got up and said something totally opposite, right? I mean, his, his whole thing was totally opposite. It was about sunsetting a system and creating a new system that had nothing to do with the vision. Mm -hmm. Zero alignment. And he was so upset that we went asked such a simple question of, what's the end state? Why are we doing this? And when he realized nobody else was aligning with him, he almost stormed out of the room. So I want to bring it back to the point of, what do you do when you have, you know, 
such difference in terms of alignment. You be intentional about aligning. Yeah, and I think that brings brings me to a, a question about <clears throat> there's been a lot of, I don't want to say, it's, it's kind of an interesting thing where we started with teams. Like when we were doing agile coaching, we started with teams, right? And then there was a realization that, okay, we have too many teams that can't coordinate in all the work they're supposed to do, so we need to scale. And then I think, and I'm not saying this for myself, but I, I got this impression that there is this change where transformation is now looked at as top down, mm-hmm. right? Where it is, if you don't get the buy-in from the leadership and so forth, then transformation is not going to happen. And, uh, you know, Harvard's, Harvard Business Review has been doing a lot of articles on Agile, which is great, recently. Mm-hmm. And they recently want, did one on um, kind of Agile at scale, I'm just going to real real quick because, Greg, yes, thank you. I'm a nerd, so I appreciate no, that label. This is good, though. You know, I really appreciate it. But um, part of that is they said, quote, leaders recognize that they do not yet know how many agile teams they will require, how quickly they should add them, and how they can add address bureaucratic constraints without throwing the organization into chaos. So they typically launch an initial wave of agile teams, gather data on the value those teams create and the constraints that they face, and then decide when, whether, when, and how to take the next step. So I think that's kind of an interesting thing because for me, as I've said in a previous podcast, I've worked with teams a lot, and I always kind of see when we see teams where they struggle and then how that kind of then scales to the next level, you see those same kind of constraints or struggles but it seems to me that a lot of the transformation has now been seen as we need to come in, we need to talk to senior leadership, EVPs, and make sure that they are bought in, and then that will create transformation. And I kind of, based on what you were kind of saying, where is that balance? Well, and go back to ad, go back to your stealth agile. Yeah. So, so what I read here is the perfect the perfect scenario, which I don't know if that ever happens. It but, does, it does. So there's wisdom in both sides of the story, right? I've lived both sides of the coin. Um, stealth agile is a great bottoms up approach, but I've had my, you know, um, share of struggles. It took two years to launch the, the stuff that was absolutely needed to bring kids into the Navy. Right. Uh, and it was a knife edge cut over. There was no other choice. Right. The guy that was maintaining the mainframe, it's a horrible story, but, um, the guy was dying. Right. And there was nobody else to do it. So it had to be and it had to have whatever it had to have. A lot of young mainframe developers out there, right? Yeah. I mean, this is true. So, um, so bottoms up approach, it worked because we were able to show success early on and we were able to be uh, transparent on even the failures that we encountered along the way. Right. That's what helped us through that. And we had great supportive leadership. And that's the 2% wisdom in the other example that you were sharing where people assume that it's a top down the wisdom in that is without executive support and buy-in it would have been really tough because i know i had to fight so much bureaucracy if you will uh, out in the military of different organizations that did i mean brandon you know you've worked um, in that space yep, right yeah we're talking spa war and mm-hmm. organizations that are traditional mindset oriented people it's, it's a hard job. And I found that um, 
for those leaders, I mean, for them to, in order to be really good leaders, that it helps as a coach to be asking them to kind of just nudge them the right direction because they've got instincts all over the map mm -hmm. to just nudge them into the right path to say, hey, let me see this as an opportunity as opposed to I need to step in here and take charge. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a great thing. And I take it back to military because counter to what many people think, many people think military is all about command and control. But I will tell you, I have seen the most stellar agile examples in working with those guys, right? Because it's, it's so much as Eisenhower puts it, right? It's all in the act of planning. The plans are all useless. So as we would do our planning, they'd be like, yeah, we know that's going to change. We want to really get into the sausage factory and see how the sausage is made. We don't care so much about your pretty plans and your milestones and your integrated master plans, which was amazing for us, right? right. And that's what I've, I've heard. I've never worked myself with the military, but I've yeah. heard that over and over again. But working in cor large corporate you know, uh, America, they don't see that. And they're thinking, oh, no, no, my job as a strong leader is to just impose my will. So let's take this back to... Right. How do we actually set the stage for true transformation to occur? Yeah, because I'm still not convinced that this yeah. is all Yeah, at happening. the end of the day, this is about change management in various ways, right? Mm -hmm. Organizational change management. Whether we talk yeah, about that's it like from... like an old, stodgy word. I, I, whether we talk about it... Transformation is well, way better. Well, yeah. we, have a, we have a future podcast on industrial organizational psychology and agile, so <laughs> yeah, there's the change management is, is, is evolving just like agile did, but... In the contracts that we live in now, I think it is kind of a very important point. It is. So because going, if I had to connect that back, it's about celebrating the small wins mm. and building upon that so we can help sustain and grow. If you can't do that, right, and if we're all talking theory, nobody's going to appreciate it. I've been a director, executive director myself in my career before, and if some consultant walked in and said, yeah, this is the way it's done and this is theoretically it should work, I'd give them the boot. I right. would. And when I mentioned nudging some of the leaders, it's around exactly that. It's you yeah. know, just you know, just pushing them to celebrate this rather than that. Yeah. You know, and and focusing their attention on, hey, what we what did we learn out of this? How do we yeah. want to change? What's the next step in our evolution? Yeah. And when we deal with people with that kind of a mindset, Coming at it from a consultant's viewpoint is not going to be very helpful. Right. So let me give you an example. If I walked into a situation where a team is having, you know, partial success, whatever success looks like, and we have, um, you know, some sort of an impediment and this leader is feeling the urge to go solve mm -hmm. that impediment, yep. right? It's an everyday scenario for us. So now it's about... If I walk in as a consultant and say, you know what the manual says? The manual says that agile managers shall do this and not that. And this, you know, this is the way you need to you be. And this is the... servant leadership, yeah. It's not going to work. So as opposed to that, then you rely on your true professional coaching skills and you start to ask them questions, right? How might this look if you approached it in this manner? So going back to the dream, creating that dream state. There you go. Right? It's about building upon what's already there and getting them to the art of what is possible. So we're going to get into kind of the dream state. We talked about Nirvana for DevOps, but I think we're going to talk about the dream state for a transformation uh, when we come back from the break.
So uh, again, please uh, send your questions or feedback to feedback at agileafterdark.com. What I want to know is there's a story about you and Shyla, like you, someone would get lost, someone would, you know, be navigator. This, this actually sounds familiar to me, by the way, because well, Greg has to be the navigator when you're getting lost. Well, you know, what happens in the heartland, as we are here in the, um, you know, the After Dark, uh, Agile After Dark Studios, is the heartland, you know, it's, it's wide open spaces. You know what I mean? We've been hinting at, you know, people are trying to figure out where the heartland is. So it's wide open spaces. So Shiloh and I have worked together for many years um, in the heartland specifically, decided that we didn't really care about the norms of getting somewhere on time. We just wanted to explore the heartland, explore, for instance, during the holidays. Shiloh and I, during wintertime, we would go and just tour around the heartland and look into people's windows, sounds a little creepy, at their Christmas Christmas decorations, right? Not creepy at all. Not creepy at all. Two, two out of 11 houses would be decorated, but still, we'd go. We would go. Those two houses. Through all the streets. And we would end up 20 minutes late at dinner. We didn't care. We were happy because we took the scenic route. So, uh, okay, we're back from the break talking with uh, Steve Thomas and Shiloh Reddy, um, colleagues of ours who, um, I just found this a really, uh, in, and I've known Shiloh for a long time, but I've learned so much from her. So I, I want to talk about, I, I don't know if I'm totally sold on transformation yet. I'll just be honest with you. But let's let's end with, do we think transformation is ever complete, really? And and let's, there's something that you said to me once that, I, that really left a mark with me, which is talking about acts of attribution versus acts of contribution and how sustaining transformation, if, if, if you can convince me, you've convinced Steve on the break, Steve told convinced or told us that you convinced him if you can convince our listeners about that how 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 do you sustain um transformation and and what's the idea of everybody contributing versus being classified into leaders or scrum masters or you know that kind of a thing yeah so basically i come from the philosophy of everybody is a leader right and uh, when we talk about teams And when we're coaching systems, we're really working with teams and getting to know these teams and forming bonds, you know, that last lifetimes. Um, It's it's what makes up a team, what distinguishes a team from a group, right? Um, A group is by attribution, similar color, similar gender, similar race, similar things that they do and so on. But a team is, is really by contribution, right? Um, and that's really where accountability comes from, and that is where true empowerment will live, right? So we talk about um, sustaining and growing, um, and I want to talk a little bit about, is transformation ever done? In, in my world, in my dreams, transformation is never done, because it is the journey that is most important. It's not the destination. Now, that's not to say that you don't know, need to know about your destination. Like the example, you could be stuck in the cornfields forever with three purple daisies. That is not what I'm that talking about. That is not accurate. <laughs> that is not accurate and was not my you, fault. You do need a destination, but the fun is in the journey, right? Yes, that's what I think too, Shiloh. Yeah, Thank but you. we don't need a hangry Brandon for that. No, that is true. Yeah, so 
what does it take for teams then to sustain and grow in this process of transformation? It's that true sense of autonomy and purpose. How do you get them to really walk towards whatever it is that the goal is? And maybe, preferably, that they have a say in forming that goal, right? Yep. That's we, really how We had talked about it on a previous podcast about there's a lot of things out there about the strategy to execution gap. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wonder if, you know, I think that's a little bit kind of old-timey business thinking. But in terms of maybe it's the vision to execution gap in our world. Right. And what I was just hearing from you is that if you're giving people that empowerment and also feeling like they, they're they going towards a goal, but that goal has to be given from someone. So, so really, when you talk about teams being more involved, maybe even in the process of goal setting, vision setting, buying into the vision. Right. It's all about the heart, the hands and then the mind. It doesn't start with the mind. So we talked a lot on this podcast about dreaming, right? It's about empathy. If you cannot engage the heart, the hands, the actions will not follow. It'll be half-assed actions, if you will, or no action, worse, right? So you can talk to me all day long about empowerment, but if you and I haven't connected, right, at the heart, my hands are not going to follow. And if my hands are not going to follow, my head's not in it at all. I'm not thinking about it. Right? So you have to be intentional about it. You have to engage the teams. You have to make them part of the change. Understand you know, their voice matters. right? And make it transparent on how their voice is informing the decisions you make as a leader. And that is how you get the transformation to sustain and grow. That, I was going to ask. Is that, that, that's the, the long tail, if you will, of transformation. Is that kind of continual back and forth? And, and here's the run out. If you do... If you go to any presentation of any consulting company and you're presenting some sort of transformation PowerPoint, it will be 35 slides long. There will be a lot of org chart looking things, a lot of boxes and a lot of lines and a lot of roles put into those boxes and a lot of timelines on when these people come on and these teams come on. And, the, and you, you've seen them, right, Shiloh? I mean, yeah. you've seen them. Yeah. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You guys aren't seeing the visuals because Shiloh and I are both gagging you know, and sticking our fingers down our throats but, as, but, as Greg's talking. But about. this is why this is why I have a fairly pejorative view on what transformation means to somebody who typically is trying to sell it. It's they're selling to what they think they know, which is a leader who wants to see boxes and lines, accountability, like you point. There's nothing about what you're talking about, which is about dreaming. It's about the soft side of those things. And I and I think the thing that I'd like to, to sort of wrap up with here, if we're going to kind of stick to the theme of agile after dark, is transformation isn't about some process some beginning, middle, and an end that is strict and played out and you're going to stick to your plan. It's about a journey, as you said, and there may be more emotional and communicative and, and human aspects of it than there are a, you know, just a, a strict process to get through something. I, and I think that to me is a, is a new take on it. And I hope we can take the word back so to speak, right? Because it's been co-opted by a bunch of people who go in as consultants and want to sell a, it's not even a vision. They want to sell a strategy. 
because they want to strategize the heck out of everything and they want to they want to solution everything don't they so so what is the strategy for changing a person's mindset and the culture of an organization it ain't a powerpoint just saying it ain't boxes right um so at the end of the day <laughs> i hate to say it culture change comes last yet we have to pay attention to it otherwise all our efforts yield nothing yeah and i think the next podcast is how do you get the finance people to pay for the soft side of true transformation yep and i and i want to say greg that is your best podcast ever Fantastic there were like job! Three pats and a kick on that. You one. know three that was just really, really. I mean, you got to you got to you know interview. You, he's a little. He was a little stressed, Charlie. He's a little stressed. He was like, "This is you know someone I really, really admire." Well, she talked about her. You know, coaches of coaches, Travis. Yep. She's my coach of coach. Yeah, yeah. So and and Steve, thank you again for for joining us. Uh, kind of building on the DevOps conversation we had into transformation. You know, each 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 podcast, I get a new hero. Yeah. Yeah, and just like your mind. <laughs> just like your mind. It's a lie. It's a lie. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks so much uh, for, for joining this podcast. Uh, Transformers, yeah, transformation, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and we'll, uh, we'll come back uh, in the, the next podcast uh, with something special. Thanks so much. Uh, leave your questions and feedback at feedback at agileafterdark.com. She needs no implement to strike. Trust me. I've been standing next to her and, she, and I said something. She was like, oh, the and eyes. I was just like, oh, yes. Okay. yes. So she didn't even need a backhand to, to oh, strike you. Oh, no. She eyes. didn't even need to look at me. She can just, I can feel it. I'm like, oh, you feel it. Okay. In your bones. All right. I said something yeah. stupid. My name is Optimus Prime. We are autonomous robotic organisms from the planet Cybertron.